Hey, I'm Pauline, and this is a Journey to Fulfillment podcast. Learn from awesome people who have gone through personal transformations so you can be inspired to grow, create, and live a truly fulfilling life. Welcome to the Journey to Fulfillment podcast. And today I have an amazing guest with me. Her name is Katie Chill. Welcome, Katie. Hello. Good to be here. Yes, it's great to have you on. I know we connected a few years back, went to one of your workshops. And um, yeah, I'm really excited now that we can reconnect. And um, now I can finally ask you about a little (laughs) bit more about your story and like what you're doing these days. So please introduce yourself and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, So my name is Katie. For those who don't know me yet, I'm a mindset coach and um, I help um, people transition, make um, aligned career transitions. So a lot of times I find that when people are um, looking to go into a different career or they feel a bit stuck in their current job, um, a lot of times they don't know, they know they need a change because they're not happy, but Um, they don't know where to start because there's so many different directions and a lot of the career coaches out there they um, tend to give very tangible tangible advice such as um, you know taking a personality profile or they just look at your CVs Um, but I find that very um, limiting um, because it doesn't really take into account of who you are as a whole and what your vision and what your aspirations are um so a lot of times we get stuck in our head and I think that's where most of the problem comes from um when we are stuck in our head we're we're overthinking we're in fear um we're not really truly being who we are um Mm. so I believe that all of us have a gift um that is born within us and there's certain clues that tells us what those gifts are which is what I help my clients with to help them discover that mm-hmm. and once they do then we can start it's like it's like playing a jigsaw puzzle then we can map out um okay how can we collate these together and match whatever then we look out at what's happening in the market at the moment where can you most um leverage those gifts and um genius what i called um to to create the greatest value so that um, you can really shine and excel and stand out from your competition yeah beautiful and it's so needed in like changing times especially now as we're going through what for the last since 2020 till now it's been a crazy time where I'm sure a lot of people out there are reassessing where they are going in life in terms of the career space or the workspace so it's really great that you're you're doing this now Um, so I want to actually go into your story and how this all sort of got started or at which point for you that you started to um, have this vision for yourself? Um, That's an interesting question because I myself have gone through three major career transitions. Um, So I've learned it the long-winded way, (laughs) which is why I'm here now. Um, So when I was, when I first finished uni, um, fresh, you know, into the working world, I wanted to be a corporate climber like most of us do. Um, So I was originally from Taiwan and I grew up in Brisbane. So 
as soon as I finished uni, I did a bachelor's in business management. I um, decided where am I going to, you know, um, uh, climb fastest and learn the quickest. Um, so I threw myself back. I went back to Taiwan. I threw myself into the electronics industry. It was very, very fast paced, um, just a lot of long hours and hard work and steep learning curve for someone who's fresh out of uni. So about two or three years working in Taiwan, I, I got burnt out. Um, I was like so stressed that I literally had like stomach acid ref reflux. And because um, I was just really nervous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was that period I, I began to think like, mm, I'm not really feeling the enjoyment in it. Uh, and I'm not really seeing the point. So I thought to myself like, okay, um, what is something that I'm really good at and that, you know, um, I'm unique at. Um, so I thought, okay, I've, I've always been very creative back in high school. Um, so I thought, what, what could be better than combining creativity with commercial uh, value? So mm -hmm. I, wanted, I decided to go into the fashion industry. And in order to pursue that, I um, applied for my postgrad in fashion, uh, fashion marketing um, in London College of Fashion. So that brought me to the next stage of my life. Mm -hmm. I went over to London. I was there for five years. Um, apart from completing my postgrad, I also worked in the fashion industry there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and while that was all fun, because, uh, you know, when you're in your 20s, it was fun. Everything is new. Um, when my visa was over, when my visa's finished and I had to come back to Australia, um, I continued my fashion career here and then things start to get a little bit mundane mm. and I was just um, finding it hard like I was wanting to get into a particular role I've always wanted to become a fashion buyer um, but for some reason it just um, it was met with a lot of obstacles like I keep applying mm -hmm. um, internally externally and in the end I was just not feeling it anymore. Um, the the mm. the fashion the, the passion and the interest I had with this industry just doesn't exist anymore, mm. and that is what brought me to another transition in my career. But I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. Um, yeah. So um, I was just going to all these personal development workshops. Like when Pauline came, you know, when you came to the mind, so kind of doing the As same we thing. we do, trying yeah. to soul search. That's right. So I was a bit of a seminar junkie. And in one of the seminars, something just suddenly clicked. Um, I saw, you know, the workshop that I was in, I saw that as something that I've always wanted to do, to be able to teach and um, be on the stage and speaking and um talking about mindset and talking about peak performance and how to help people um, be, you know, take control of their lives. Um, then I realized it's something that I've always been interested in since I was 20 years old. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been heavily into reading personal development books, um, going to workshops and so forth, but I never thought of making it a career because mm -hmm. um, I've always thought that life coaches are some like, like a godlike figure <laughs> like you've got to be really wise or something to to help people ch uh, change people's lives um but after speaking to the organizers there it became a little bit more real um they they explained that you know you 
there will be certain um, business knowledge and business courses that I can do to um, help me set up my business and um, and you know the freedom that it provides um, in you know you can travel you can really work anywhere and mm-hmm. um, run the business run your business the way you wanted so mm-hmm. I thought okay that's another part of me ticked um, I've always been quite entrepreneurial I like to run my own projects um, so with 50% certainty, I suppose, that this is what I wanted to do. Um, I went with what felt right and I felt Mm -hmm. aligned to it at the time. Um, So I just took the plunge and I applied for a course in becoming a life coach. And that was four years ago. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to say is how I got into this the first two transitions um, of wanting to become the best and the, the, the highest and the quickest, um, that caused me to crash and burn um, because I was chasing after some um, goals that looked good on the outside. And when I, while I thought I took a different approach by going into fashion, I was essentially still chasing that glossy image that I thought uh, um, being in the industry makes me look cool and living that Devil West Prada lifestyle seems very, um, it gives me a sense of feeling different. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, that's when I learned that when you go after something that you think you should be doing or that makes you feel good, usually um, they're not the real um, path that will make you feel, feel fulfilled. Mm, and yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the times I think it's, you've got to, look at what um what's always made you tick so um some of the questions i ask i, I ask my clients when finding out what paths are right for them um is what are you, what are your passions what are you passionate about doing and what are you natural at what's something that you um you can do with ease when other people may have to spend more time than you mm. so that, that that's a big giveaway and then what's something that um your hobby that you would do even without money. Um, so based on those three things, we can see that what's something you can keep doing. Um, you've got an intrinsic driving force that will propel you forward. Mm-hmm. Even when the time goes tough, you know that it's right for you. Yes. And, and I can safely say that this path on becoming a life coach, it hasn't been easy at all. Um, I think a lot of us would know setting up your business is not easy in the beginning. Mm. Um, so without this being aligned to who you truly are or who I truly am, I don't think I would have lasted um, because yeah, starting a new transition isn't um, a piece of cake or a walk in the park. Um, and you've gone through three. So yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> so right? you're like kind of veteran in a sense, probably still a lot to learn, but I mean, like you yeah. know, the fact that you've experienced it a few times before, and I can say that I have done the same as you as well, um, that, it's just another uncertainty, another challenge that you go through. Um, and, yeah. you know, and if it's aligned to you, then like, yeah, you go with that feeling until, until something else comes up. But yeah. um, I want to just take a moment here because you've mentioned so many um, interesting parts of your journey so far from the, you know, from the uni days and all the, the traveling in between as well. Um, I'm curious about, you've mentioned about the, um, the devil wears Prada, the, the glossy <laughs> lifestyle, like all of the glitz and glam. 
that kind of thing is quite attractive to people, you know, being in the limelight, um, having the career, the success or what people perceive success would be. Um, share a little bit about where, where that need or that craving comes from. For myself or yeah, like, for yourself. yeah. Like where did it all, like, have you always had that or is it something that you just saw other people do and then you're like, oh yeah, I want to do that too. Where does that come from? <laughs> Yeah, good good question. Um, it was actually um, quite vain in my part. So um, back in school, I've always been the nerdy girl. Um, I was just being really good and academic. And um, so sometimes I look at those really cool girls out there who, you know, just dressing up nice and doing all the fun stuff. Um, I sort of felt like, oh, God, I wish I was one of them. So I guess being in fashion, it fulfilled that void that I had of being this image that I was never able to be. Um, so, yeah, and living that lifestyle, which is fun and uh, going yeah. to a lot of glamorous parties. Yeah, yeah, would be a, a lot of fun and a lot of different people to me as well in the creative space. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious then. Um, in terms of, you mentioned initially that you got, uh, you studied, was it business management? That's what uh, it, Yep. Yep. Initially. So was that a decision that you made based on something else or was it like your parents or the upbringing? Like, how did you come to that instead of jumping, Hey, like straight into fashion, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Like how come, what, why from into business first and then sort of the electronics? Yeah. Talk us through that. Um, so I picked business management because I didn't really know what to do, to be honest. It seems to be the safe option. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I, I've always been quite creative, um, as I mentioned. Um, I, I was hugely into art and music. But um, I think growing up in, in, in Asian households, we've all had very practical upbringing. So we know that, um, you know, that's probably not the most stable career path to go down if I was to become an artist. So, um, but I was very bad at maths. <laughs> so um, by method of elimination, I um, came to pick business. Um, the, the fortunate thing is I did fall in love with it. I did love business very much. Mm. Um, but then, um, then again, after I finished uni, that decision to become a corporate climber and throwing myself into the deep end of the electronics industry that was again out of the need to become the best and um because you know it seems cool to be a corporate climber to be someone who's in suits and looking smart and in the yeah. boardroom so <laughs> yeah as you do when you're young <laughs> you yeah. chase after that that sort of gla- glamorous image yeah and i'm curious like in terms of like that side of things where do you think that all kind of comes from in terms of um, seeing how does someone see success, you know, people in suits being the corporate, like um, how did you end up sort of making that your first success factor? Mm, I think there's a lot of conditioning from the society in general and the media, Um, you know, strong, successful career women, Hmm. Um, which I'm not against. I really um, encourage women to um, like, you know, have a, pas- a career that they're passionate in, 
that you know they find purpose in um but um just purely chasing it for the sake of um having to feel you're good enough then that's missing the point um yeah, yeah i think it's more important to to not trying to be the not trying to be the best for the sake of it yeah um but be the best of who you are Mm. um knowing what you're good at what your style is your strengths and weaknesses um and yeah pick a pick a niche or um some specialization that you feel that you truly um would be worth investing in Mm. yeah yeah and I actually it's quite funny that you mentioned about being the best like that's what that was the driving force at that time for you um, and I share very similar to you as well when I think back about, oh, yes, all those things that I chose um, sort of leading up to this point is that uh, I wanted to be the best. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there who also are like, you know, I, I want to be number one, like I'm competitive or, you know, why not be the best? Um, but, yeah, on the flip side of the being the best, as you know, you can sort of also be quite burnt out or if you're on the chase. So, mm-hmm. um I just want to ask you in terms of like that initial belief of like, I want to be the best. How did you sort of come up, like have that um, belief sort of installed that that was the thing? Like, do you, was it to feel mm-hmm. like, what was the void or like, was there something in there that was driving you to be like, I, I need to be the best? Um, yeah. Great questions today, Pauline. <laughs> you made me think. <laughs> good for the, I'm sure heaps of people are feeling this way where like they, they stay they they feel it but they may not be aware of mm. you know all the factors as to like you know just we just are what we are but is there sort of something underneath that that could really help people out yeah yeah because what you know we, we're so used to uh, we think this is the reality that's the way things are but mm. a lot of times it is something that we've learned from the environment so um for myself I think um after I've started coaching learning about coaching and looking back at my um patterns of behavior I realized that um because I was the eldest um child in the family I have a younger sister um so a lot of the um oldest child syndrome is that we think we have to take on all the responsibilities. We have to be the good girl. Um, We tend to be the star, um, which is a role that we take on that um, we're quite academic, we're hardworking. We um, sometimes think that we have to achieve in order to be accepted. Mm. And I definitely have taken on that role Mm -hmm. um, for a good half of my life. Um, So... um, that's caused me, I mean, I, I love the gift that it gave me as well um, because of that in constant chase to feel good enough. It's um, driven me to learn a lot of things and experience a lot of things, but it also caused me to always beat myself up, being a bit of a perfectionist and um, sometimes being quite critical on myself. And being critical on myself is not helping because it's... Um, it doesn't help me to move forward. It actually help, um, 
held me back from mm. being able to shine and being able to show up fully as who I am. Like I'm spending so much, I was spending so much um, energy in maintaining this mask of um, being perfect and being impeccable. Um, so does it get exhausting? It is. <laughs> With the mask? It is. Yeah, it is so right. And and we're like wondering, like, why, am I, why are we always tired? Why are we, we always busy? Yeah. Um, and sometimes um, until you realize that that was the role that you play, um, we can't really trust ourselves to that, that we will be okay if we step back and if we relax a little bit. Mm, yeah and um, I myself have been through that that whole perfectionism although I'm the little sister in this case but I've mm. when you were saying things I was like oh yeah like I can see that happening with my older sister and you know all of these the high achieving nature which got passed down to myself as well um, mm-hmm. but in terms of when you said about like beating yourself up and having that inner critic um, what are some ways that you've um, been able to to overcome that or to manage that side of things so that it's in your benefit? Mm. So oh, there's so many things because it's like just been a four-year-long journey mm. um, to, to learn how to love myself in every different layers. And um, Yeah. Oh my God. Where do I even start? <laughs> First thing that comes to mind, like, yeah, like as soon as, so as soon as you start to feel like, oh, like that mask comes on mm. and then um, I don't know if it's like a feeling or a voice comes in, like, and do you recognize it straight away? Or you're like, oh, like, um, like I'll just try and hide that or suppress it. Or like, what's your, do you have a strategy of like, yeah, you know, mm. with other people who might be going through something and they're like, oh, oh, like I'm not good enough, you know, like the typical sort of thing when they're trying Mm -hmm. to start something or do something new um, and perhaps they're just sort of on their way. How do you sort of tame tame that so there's more ease in what it is that they're doing? Um, The the interesting thing is when I first started out, I tried a lot of different methods and I used to use affirmations. Mm. Um, So... Yeah, things like I, I'm enough and um, I'm lovable. Um, and so in the beginning, I, I could notice that um, every time I make a little mistake or something that I didn't think I, that I did perfectly, even though nobody else probably noticed, um, I could literally feel the, the nervousness in my, the, like, in my stomach all the time. Mm. Um, and so then I would try using the affirmation to tell myself that it's okay, you know, I'm okay, I'm enough. Um, but after a while, it felt that um, it didn't quite sink in. Like mm. I felt like I was saying it, but I wasn't really feeling it. Right? Yeah. Yep. So eventually I what I found most effective is actually when I came across um, mindfulness practices Mm. um, learning about the nature of the ego mind Mm. so um, basically our ego mind is always um, you know it's creating an image of who we need to be Mm -hmm. and when we identify with that that's where all the 
um, and the fear and the doubt and the nervousness comes from. Yeah, um, right. because it's because it's very um, what do you call that the image is very fleeting and it's like you're trying to please everyone you're you're trying to compile a mask that has so many different faces yeah. and it's really hard to keep up so once you realize that that's just your ego mind talking and you are not that ego mind that it's not real whatever it's telling you mm. then um, using meditation practice to step back and step away from that yeah. negative talk and the ego mind in that space is where I start to feel in my body that, oh, this is what peace feels like. This is what it feels like to, to not be whoever I think I should be. Mm. Um, so so as, yeah, the should, yeah. The should word should. is so powerful when, especially for perfectionists like ourselves, you know, where yeah. we're like, oh, I should be like, you know, like doing this and this has to be the way it is and everything. Um, yeah. yeah, even that alone if we can just eliminate that word yeah, and just say, like, I can potentially. I can. Yeah. yeah. I want to. You know? um, when, and yeah, like you said, when you change your language to I can, and I want to, it, it um, takes you back to yourself and because you're making the decisions, mm. you know, you're not like chasing after something in that needy sort of um, clingy way. Mm. Um, so it'll make you, basically I think anything that um, brings you back to your core um, of your authentic authentic self Mm. um, is really the way to be in touch with what makes you happy yeah so when you say like that you do the in terms of like taming the ego mind and then introducing the mindfulness practices meditation all that um, like in terms of when you know there's a lot of people who either they're embarking on or they're deep into it but for like new people who experience like that perfectionism and that that nervousness feeling that comes up Mm -hmm. um a lot of the times they may be like oh meditation like you know how many times do I have to do it or like how long do I have to sit there for like what is what you know what's the purpose of this um can you share with us a bit of your experience of like you know how you sort of got your feet into it and how it's how you've made it work for you Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That, that's a great question because um, <laughs> a lot of my clients, when I first tell them to meditate, um, their reaction is, oh, but I'll fall asleep. <laughs> yes. that's, that's what most people say. And, and because um, I don't see many, um, well, things on, on the internet or on YouTube, uh, many of the educators out there really tell people how to do it. Mm. Um, so the key is that you... Um, you got to know what it's for. So the purpose of meditation is to um, create that space. So when you quieten down your mind, it's the monkey mind that's always chitter-chattering. And if you can just quieten it down, then you can separate yourself from it. Mm-hmm. And when you have that separation in that space, that is when you can stop identifying with it. You're not sort of, Um, merged with the fake and the um, uh, how can I say the basically the ego mind is not real it's everything that you think you you think it up Mm -hmm. so if you can tell that it's not real Mm -hmm. then that's when you drop all the unnecessary stress and the energies that are attached to it yes yeah yeah 
Yeah. So like, I've also been sort of on a journey and, you know, like meditation has really helped me out as well, but I find um, one of the biggest things is also like, it's pretty much like what you were saying of like stepping back and being the observer of your mind or your thoughts and just, you know, knowing that like, these are just thoughts that are coming up and not necessarily are they actually real? Is it the real fear or the doubt or is it just you just coming up with things? Yeah, yeah. And most of the time, yes, we imagined it, right? And um, another key is to um, accept what's happening without judgment. So if you're doing meditation and you're having all these thoughts and chatters going on in your head and you start thinking, oh, crap, I'm doing this bad. Like I'm not doing this right. That's Um, self-talk. Yeah, that's again, that's right. That's another self-talk. So you're still stuck in this, the, the thinking. Yeah. So the key is to just accept and whatever, whatever you're doing, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just like the thoughts will come and go. And the more accepting you are, the easier it is actually to get into it. The more you resist and the more you judge, the more you're going to get stuck in the thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then you mentioned about like at the beginning about how people get stuck in their heads. And one of the things you do is really help them get out of that Mm -hmm. in terms of like the career alignment side of things. Um, Can you share a little bit of insight as to like, yeah, like, um, how how do you sort of or what did people sort of come to you for to in terms of career transitions? Because like you mentioned, um, the career coaches and they have traditional ways of doing things. Um, and I've been to one before as well. So I'm like, oh, yep, I know what you're talking about with all the <laughs> quizzes and all these things, which didn't really work for me. But um, yeah, like, um, ha- so like, what's different in terms of um, your um, strategy or the way that you, you approach in terms of helping someone with these career transitions? Mm-hmm. Love that question. Um, so rather than handing my client a report of here, this is what you should be doing, which doesn't, it, it still makes them not trust in their, their own decisions. Yeah. Um, I prefer to help them um, learn how to tap into their own intuition so then they can make decisions for themselves because they will need that um, down the track once they've made that transition Um, And perhaps there will be another transition down the track, who knows. But I think um, being able to access our intuition is a lifelong skill. Um, I I say in some of my um, blog posts that a lot of the successful people in this world, like Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, they've been known to be highly intuitive. You know, Richard Branson, sometimes some crisis happens in his company he would go on the for a beach walk in in you know nectar island just mm-hmm. to clear his mind and think and that's when he taps into his intuition and come up with the solution um so it's nothing woo wooed it is mm-hmm. like we have all the answers within us um mm-hmm. but a lot of times we don't know how to access it because we're so caught up in our mind activities mm-hmm. yeah right yeah um intuition tapping in are there like actual practical strategies of like tapping in or is it just about quieting the mind? Like, yeah, like any suggestions? Uh, essentially it is, um, it all starts with quieting the mind mm. so that you can, um, you can feel um, a lot of times for me, um, I use feeling as my guidance so even, with, even within my business, um, 
there's so many different ways to market myself, right? But sometimes I would just feel like, I think that method's going to work. I don't know why, but I feel drawn to that. And I just take action from that um, hunch. And I think it's um, <laughs> not because someone above is talking to me. I just think it's because it's aligned to something in my subconscious is telling me that this is um, something that um, you have a particular message here, for ha- perhaps, that um, you will emotionally be um, drawn to that message. And when you spread that message, it'll be more powerful. Um, so I think anything that is led by emotion has more engine and more power behind it. And when we do things from that place, that is when we can create the greatest impact and we're most productive in Mm, yeah okay that's that's awesome because um yeah it's it's all about that emotional fuel and that really comes from the self and you know like the feelings that we sort of start off with and where that leads us as well um yeah okay and in terms of um like so fast forward to to now so you've done the career uh, all the career transitions um (laughs) at the moment like as they're I mean, what are you sort of um, finding, you know, in terms of the market is uh, uh, where are people at at the moment? Like, is there a lot of like people who want to sort of jump job to job or is it like um, the, the side hustles or the, the entrepreneurship is, you know, is the thing like, yeah, like what's happening right now out there? Mm, um, I can only speak from what I see, like from my um, proximity, um, because of the instability that's out there, I actually find that a lot of people are stuck in a job that they don't enjoy, but they're too scared to move on because they're afraid that they can't find a job in the current climate. Mm, Um, That's what I see a lot of. Mm -hmm. Um, I have heard other people saying that... um, COVID's made people reassess their lives and contemplating on doing something that is more fulfilling. That could be quite possible as well. I just haven't come across um, people like that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So um, what are you working on these days? Uh, so, yes, I'm um, sort of refining my program. Um, it's called Find Your Genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a five-week program where I've gathered the um, experiences of working with different clients and to see what sort of pattern comes up and um, compile them into a five-step module, um, which will help people to, as I mentioned, um, tap into the intuition um, through some questions and clues from the past that, um, you know, piece together the puzzle of what sort of career path they should pursue and how to make themselves stand out in the job market mm-hmm. um, or, or in, their, in their field so that they can become a thought leader. Um, because when you're really truly aligned to who you are, um, you are most creative. Like mm-hmm. imagine like um, if, if I start asking Pauline, what's, what's some topic that you're really passionate about? You can just talk for hours and hours, right? Mm-hmm. When you asked me that, I just, I don't know why, but chocolate came up in my mind. I was like, no, that's not what I'm going to talk about for hours and hours. I'd love to. If you give a chocolate lecture, I mean, uh, I'd love to listen. (laughs) I don't know why that came up. But yeah, okay, awesome. Um, In terms of um, uh, like what's next for you? 
Um, wow, what a question. What's next? I think um, it's just to keep yeah, working on this business. And um, I'm, I'm open to, again, I'm always um, sort of living moment to moment. That is something I've learned <laughs> very, my God, if I, if I, if it was me four years ago, that workaholic person who's like always planning 10 years ahead, <laughs> yeah. be shocked to hear where I am. But um, I do what feels right now, which is to, um, you know, get more people onto this program and mm. be able to share the skill of how to tap into intuition, which I think it's such a great um, gift to share. Um, and then, yeah, just see how it unfolds mm. and um, be of service to wherever people need to be. Yeah, well, that's beautiful that, um, you know, it sounds like you've sort of gone from like the control planner and all of the things and the aspirations to really just zoning into your zone of genius and really being in the here and now. So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah thank you so much for, for sharing your journey. And um, where can people find out more about you if they want to connect? Uh, thank you, Pauline. And so I, you can find me on Facebook, um, Katie Chu or KDC Mindset and Coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, so yeah, come follow me. And, you know, I've got Facebook lives happening all the time. Um, love sharing all this knowledge and interact with people to find out what their passions are and um, anything to do with career transitions. Love to have great discussion. Awesome. Yes. So Katie Chu, the expert in the career tra transitions, um, I'll pop all the links in the, um, the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for your time today and sharing. And um, I'd love to, to follow your journey and see where you are in the next five or 10 years <laughs> and see who, who knows what, what um, you know, where you'll be. But um, yeah, I thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you on the, on the next episode. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Katie. Appreciate you. your time. Bye, bye bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is out. Also, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends because just one insight could change someone's life for better. Now go out there and make an impact, and I will catch you in the next episode.